What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to the latest Matt Russell Project. It's The Window, Canada's sports betting podcast. Ahead on today's episode of The Window. Conference tournaments began last night, and frankly, it was a bit of a horror show to start, but there's only about 300 more games to go, so we're not too worried about that. Regular season stuff was much, much better, and we'll look to keep that success going on Wednesday. Finally, the technology is working. And we have our first remote guest, my friend and compadre in the conference tournament contest. Ashish Barty joins the show to help me break down another quadrant of tournaments. The NEC, the West Coast Conference, Mountain West Conference, and Ohio Valley. It's time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome again to The Window. I am your host, Matt Russell, and we begin today's show where we always do with our Don't Look Back in Anger segment. We're looking back on Tuesday night's action, and there's plenty to be angry about, plenty to be happy about. Let's start with the positive. Eight and four in the big conference games, including four and one in the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt was the fun belt for us last night as Lafayette gets there as a winner, App State gets there with the road win, Georgia State wins over uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, who you know we had talked about having not anything to play for, having already uh, clinched up the conference. And then South Alabama with a nice little comeback at the end of the game there. We really like that South Alabama team as potentially the best team in the Sun Belt, but more on that next week with regards to their conference tournament. The one disappointment in the Sun Belt, Georgia Southern, for all the world, looking like a real strong team pushing towards the end up until, of course, yesterday. So 4-1 in the Sun Belt. Elsewhere, we had winners with South Carolina, which, you know, we don't do locks. We don't do five-star plays of the year, etc., etc. We just really, really liked South Carolina, and that was a nice, relatively easy start to the day as they get there going basically wire to wire against Mississippi State. I thought Mississippi State played pretty well. I thought they looked okay. Uh, Not worried about them necessarily going forward. I think they still beat Mississippi this weekend, and I still think they'll be good for, you know, probably a win in the SEC tournament. Uh, Though there is an outside chance they actually end up as a top four seed which makes getting a win in the SEC tournament actually a little bit more difficult as we've talked about before in this podcast you almost rather be the five seed and get a win under your belt when you're at that tournament than be the four seed and have to sit around and wait and sort of show up late to the party so to speak Uh, on the disappointing side of things Marquette just kicked away that game against uh, Temple against DePaul And really, I mean, they'd be less disappointed if they'd lost to Temple. Uh, You know, DePaul for all the world looking like they had just packed it in on this season. And Marquette, who's still, you know, sort of fighting for their tournament lives or tournament seeding, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, really just an atrocious performance down the stretch for Marquette. So that was a drag. And then the bad beat of the night, at least in this uh, section of the program, USF, I mean, how do you lose that game and how do you lose it by that much? 13-point lead with about 12 minutes to go, and they just kick that away. Uh, Cincinnati finishes on a 25-point, a plus 25-point run and win by double digits. 
and for all the world, it looked like USF was going to win that game relatively easily. Cincinnati even had Jerron Cumberland, clearly their best player, ruled out of the game a few hours before. So we were way ahead of everything with regards to that, uh, you know, somewhat by accident, of course. You know, and they come out and they get the big, they get the good lead in the halftime. They're, you know, playing well, so on and so forth. And then it's just a disaster from there on in. Um, speaking of disasters, Vanderbilt gets the road win outright. Unbelievable. And I believe that's their first road SEC win in, according to my calculations, a million years. So I don't know. I should really have stats look at that again. But yeah, I believe it's a million years for Vanderbilt getting a road win. So just a bummer for Alabama. They can go ahead and punch their ticket to the NIT. Thanks for coming out. Minnesota's over there. Just go stand next to them. Uh, speaking of the NIT, Texas not looking like they're going to the NIT. Just an unbelievable stretch here for Texas. And we had trashed Texas back and forth, up and down, as the team that would be choking late in games. And now they've all of a sudden reeled off a bunch of wins. And watching that game last night, it's hysterical. They pan over to the bench, and it's like an NBA team is sitting there in, in their warm-ups, you know, too injured to play. It's like those days when, you know, the best team in the league, let's say the LeBron Miami Heat or even the LeBron Cavs or the Warriors, when they sit a bunch of guys for, you know, rest reasons and they're all just sort of casually sitting on the bench. It looks like that for Texas because they have like four guys who <laughs> look like they're 6'10 and could jump out of the gym and they're just sitting there in warm-ups. And Shaka Smart is almost better working with these almost the entire second string of his team it's like the less talent he's got the better of a coach he is like he should resign and go straight over to texas southern you know or any other texas team that uh you know in the lower levels of college basketball and i feel like he'd automatically do better because he's got this team scrapping and clawing and this game was down in the 50s last night and of course they should have lost and Oklahoma couldn't hit a free throw to save their life. Some very good free throw shooters just clanking free throws at the end. And they left the door open. Uh, down two, Texas takes the ball down. And a running bank shot three gives them the win and keeps their season alive. Again, running out of time to you know pad your resume and make a statement. And Texas did it. And I give them credit. Uh, you know, you have teams like Marquette, for example, Minnesota last week, and so on and so forth. I think every night we talk about a team that has a chance in sort of a toss-up game to make that statement, to get that big win. And that's what's going to separate teams off of the bubble in a year where there's like 25 teams that could be all fighting for five spots. So just incredible, incredible work from Texas to get the win there. Uh, I, you know, I still don't know what to make of it with regards to the fact that they have, you know, half their team sidelined, but here we are. Uh, unfortunately, 0-3 on the back cuts, so those sort of lower level games did not go our way in any way, shape, or form. Um, congrats to Maine, I guess, that was that desperate to make the final seed in their uh, conference tournament in the America East. Uh, they get there. Stony Brook, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> UMBC just tanks it throughout the season. 
um, losing in key spots here and there, and then finally show up for the f finale. Seems like that might be a running theme here as we go along. And of course, Albany doesn't stay remotely close to Vermont. Uh, unfortunately, an ill-fated uh, move to try to fade Vermont in their last game of the regular season. Uh, as for the conference tournaments, yeah, just a yikes situation there. No dogs barking. Uh, for us, even against the spread, let alone the money line and picking them in brackets. We did get our favorite money line parlay to go with North Florida, Lipscomb, and Oakland. Oakland was the big winner, the only team to actually cover their number there, uh, with Lipscomb coming up a point short and North Florida getting backdoored by Jacksonville. So all in all, kind of a rough night across the board. Good news is still a ton of games left in the conference tournaments and the power conference showing uh, was pretty good last night, and especially in the Sun Belt. So we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna go over the board for Wednesday, and then, very excited about uh, this part of the show, um, my partner in the conference tournament bracket contest, Ashish Barty, is going to join us as we tried to do this a couple nights ago, for the first four tournaments and had some technical difficulties where I couldn't hear him uh, over the uh, over the headset and uh, so we had to scrap plans for that but we got him back as we fixed we troubleshot that situation um, so we break down some fun stuff with him and uh, we will do that uh, after this break all right, let's get into the board for Wednesday. But before we do that, as far as looking forward and bets that you can make today, we need to discuss this Penn State-Michigan State game from last night. And, of course, another second-half collapse for Penn State. Of course, you had the one from last week at home against Rutgers where they're up 20-plus points and only win by one, almost kicking that game away. Uh, a really poor second half, to be honest, uh, on the road at Iowa in the very next game. And then, of course, they come out like a house on fire, get a big lead, 17-18 point lead, and into the second half. And literally as quick as humanly possible, they give up the lead to Michigan State. Like so much so that once Michigan State took the lead, you looked at the clock and you're like, there's still a ton of time left in this game, which of course in theory was good news for Penn State, but it was almost just watching a death march the rest of the way as, you know, even though it was still competitive, you just knew Penn State wasn't going to sort of re-come back and take that one. And so as far as this Michigan State team is concerned, you know, we talked about it yesterday we you know had them on our radar for a team that we were looking to get a better price on uh, with regards to the futures market a month and a half ago and we pulled the trigger on Kentucky which by the way speaking of triggers on Kentucky yikes with that collapse last night speaking of collapses 16 point lead in the second half I believe actually it might even up to 17 and they just wash away that lead, and Tennessee wins on the road. Shout out to those who had a Vanderbilt-Tennessee Moneyline parlay last night. All zero of you out there. <laughs> At any rate, you know, we still like where we are with Kentucky. That wasn't ideal. We, sort of, we talked about how that was a sandwich spot. But with regards to Michigan State, 
I don't know what else we need to see now. A road win at Maryland, road win against Penn State. I fully expect them to blast Michigan this weekend. And they'll be the favorite for the Big Ten tournament. I think this is now the team that his is rounding into form for March. And we were sort of hesitant because we wondered how high Michigan State could get with regards to seeding in the bracket. And if you're a four or five seed, you're sort of already signed up for a rough road. And that's going to inflate you know, your futures price. Uh, because your money line rollover price is going to be, you know, pretty extensive as you're already going to be face, facing a pretty equal team in that 4-5 game. That being said, with these wins coming down the stretch and the fact that they could very well win the Big Ten tournament, there is a real possibility with nobody grabbing, you know, hold of these sort of twos and threes that Michigan State could shoot themselves up all the way to a three or even a two seed by the time things shake down in a week and a half, right? How could you possibly not seed them right now higher than Maryland, for example, who got absolutely destroyed at Rutgers last night? Congrats to anybody who had Rutgers in the first half. Hopefully you didn't live bet Maryland, as we sort of talked about, or at least you'd get a split on that. But, yeah, if you're put, you know, there's so many teams that are sort of falling back that a week from now, week and a half from now, the selection committee is going to be sitting there going, how do we not keep this team out of a top three seed, right? Now, once you're a three, you know, that's no different than being a two, essentially, right? So it's really just a matter of getting up into that realm. And of course, as we've talked about this week, it all depends on who else is in your region and that sort of thing. So we've waited and we've waited and we've waited and we've almost sort of talked ourselves out of it. And so it sort of reminds me of dating and I'm not single now. I'm in a happy committed relationship, but for the longest period of time I was dating in my twenties and whatnot. And I've seen all the tricks. I've seen all the games. And one is the string somebody along via conversation and sort of saving them for when you're ready for them, for whatever reason you might need to string them along, right? Whether you're in a relationship, whether you're dating somebody else, but you're sort of saving this person and keeping them in contact and sort of stringing them along. I'm not saying I did that. I'm not even saying I was done that. I've had that done to me. I just, that's just a thing that people do. Well, we're sort of in this relationship or at least you know, thinking about a relationship with Michigan State here. And we sort of saw them from across the room. We got their phone number. We've messaged them a little bit, but we've been disappointed a little bit in sort of their behavior over the first few weeks. But we knew sort of long term that this might be something that we might be interested in. And I think now is the time to pull that trigger. And so we had kind of been hoping to get uh, somewhere in the mid you know, 20s for them. And that was back at a time when they were in the teens with regards to their odds to win the title. And so now, sure enough, they're at 25 to 1 right now at Bet365. And I'm sure a little bit lower in other places, but that's the best number that I've seen that I have access to. And the, the tough thing is, is you're, as you're sitting there watching this team and they're not covering, they're not covering games, they're not covering games, 
and there's a reason their number is dropping, right? There's, and when you're trying to hope to get a better number, you're now sort of hoping that they don't look very good. And the problem is when they then prove you right and don't look very good, they become less appealing, right? And I actually had this idea, and it's really more of a social media idea versus, you know, sort of for the podcast idea, but it was teams as memes. And so your college basketball team, you know, what's the meme that best describes them, right? So for Michigan State, for the longest time, they were the meme or the gif of the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic robots, right? Where the one robot looks at the other robot and the other robot looks back at him and it's a very strange look and that they're like, what are we seeing here right now? And for the longest time, Michigan State was the, what are we seeing here right now? This doesn't look very good type situation. Well, I would say a road win at Maryland and a road win at Penn State. And again, I fully expect them to win against Michigan this week and then do very well in the conference tournament. I don't, what else do you what else do you want to see as we sort of get closer to the tournament? And the committee may not put more import on games to close the season, but I certainly do. I don't really care how you were playing in November or in December. I want to know how you're playing now. And if you've if you struggled in January and early February, but you've circled back to being the team that you know people thought you could be, uh, I'm fine with that. And I think that's the the key here and that this is the best price you're going to get on Michigan State because it's only coming down from here. I'm sure books who close their futures operation sort of overnight or for a couple of days to see how things play out, they're going to reopen Michigan State pretty high up. And when you're looking at teams who can defeat Kansas, right, which is the benchmark right now of, you know, who do we need to get knocked out? for the rest of the field to come into play. Not even just Michigan State, for example, but for the rest of the field, who can knock off Kansas? And it's gonna gotta be a team with size, with a big man who can play, and that's Michigan State. And it's gotta be a team that has some guard playing, can play defense, and that's Michigan State too. So I don't know if they're gonna end up in the same region. It's certainly possible for them to end up in the same region as Kansas, and wouldn't that be an unfortunate blow to Kansas's chances and the reason why you can't bet on Kansas at plus 700 and 750 right now because of the possibility that there's some very strong teams that could get lumped into their quarter. And I don't know that the NCAA committee is going to do Kansas any favors based on some of the recent allegations and uh, you know, the last couple of years of some sketchiness going on at Kansas. So I don't think they're going to get any favors and there's certainly a couple of different ways that you know, the committee could plop some bombs into that quad wherever Kansas ends up, seemingly the Midwest. So definitely a play there. And, you know, I always, I always say it's our last one, but I think the sort of a big one here down the stretch, something with a lot more value than a lot of teams above them, you know, the Maryland's, the Dukes of the world. Give me Michigan State over all of those teams for sure. Even teams that we already have futures on at better numbers, right? Dayton, San Diego State, we've all got we've got the futures on them at 45 and 66 to 1 and all those sorts of things. I'd still rather Michigan State at 25 to 1 than those teams at their current number of 20 and so on and so forth, right? I'd like Michigan State against Baylor, for example. So uh, I think Michigan State is a full-scale pull-the-trigger on that one to not only just sort of offset what you've got 
but kind of you know make them a key focal point uh, down the stretch there. So we'll end up talking more about futures and what we have in our portfolio, but that was definitely worth a mention uh, based on last night's uh, activity. Anyway, as for the board on Wednesday, let's get right into it. Interesting game right off the top here in the Big East, Xavier and Providence. Providence, uh, I made six-point favorites. They opened four and a half and have dipped to four. There is some some people in the market here and some support for Xavier, and I just don't see it. They got out of Georgetown the other night uh, just by the absolute skin of their teeth. Uh, if they go and get another win here on the road against a very tough Providence team, uh, I will tip my cap to them. Uh, but I'm going to take Providence minus four and take my chances fading a Xavier team that hasn't been remotely consistent all year. And I realize there may be sort of a size mismatch and certainly a possibility of a toughness, uh, you know, equalization there with Xavier. But again, I, I'm not buying the Xavier team and they could go to the NIT as far as I, you know, they can go sit with Minnesota and with Alabama all they want. Uh, Clemson at Virginia Tech. I made Clemson a small favorite here. Virginia Tech is a small favorite. I don't see how you can make Virginia Tech a favorite at this point. Um, this might be worth a small, like a play for me here as Cle with Clemson as a small underdog. Uh, don't love this Virginia Tech team down the stretch here. Not, not playing a ton of great defense, and uh, you know, obviously super reliant on the three-point shot. Uh, and maybe that's where the handicap comes in here, as I don't know that necessarily Clemson's great at defending that. But uh, I'll probably be taking Clemson. Uh, as the short dog here, we'll check on what the updated price is. Uh, Fairfield at Monmouth as we dig into the Metro. I made this a seven and a half point favorite. They're eight and a half point favorites, so no play for me there. Manhattan is at Ryder. Ryder, as expected, is sort of a middle-level favorite here. Uh, they're actually up to eight points, which to me seems a little high, but Manhattan, not necessarily a team I'm looking to jump on at this juncture. Uh, Niagara, intriguing underdog as well at Siena. Uh, that said, Siena, like, much, much better at home, so we're probably going to pass here. My number was eight for Siena. It's 11, so there is some value there. It's just dependent on sort of what your trust level is with regards to Niagara. I will go back to the well and trust Texas A&M. Uh, I made Auburn 10.5 point favorites, and it is 12.5. So a couple points of value on a team that, um, you know, I will be backing a fair amount here down the stretch. Didn't work out for us by a bucket uh, against LSU over the weekend. Texas A&M couldn't hit a shot to absolutely save their life. We did get sort of the pace and low scoring game that we had hoped for which, you know, can be tough to do involving LSU. So, you know, we we got it from that standpoint. Again, just not enough actual baskets being made as sort of a simplification as that is. Uh, St. John's is on the road to Butler. Uh, I made Butler 7.5-point favorites. It's 8.5. It's up to actually 9. Again, a little too high for me to get involved in Butler, but I don't like St. John's on the road in a game that will probably be closer to Butler's pace. That is to say, much slower. Um, they will probably force St. John's into a half-court game. So I can certainly see the support for Butler here. Just a little too high for my liking. UMass at LaSalle. Uh, I made LaSalle 
significant favorites, though that's a little bit sketchy to do because it is LaSalle and they are atrocious, but so is UMass. So with my number being six and LaSalle coming out as two and a half point favorites, uh, I will, I haven't pulled the trigger, but I will be looking towards LaSalle in that game. Uh, Tulsa at Temple. I made Temple two and a half point favorites. They're two and a half point favorites. So while I'd lean to Temple, if it was a shorter number, I'm certainly not going to jump on that there. Uh, Florida, I made one point favorites. I understand that, you know, probably a bounce back game here, and that's probably why they are two and a half point favorites at Georgia, just really depending on whether you're looking to trust Georgia coming off of a win. Uh, and that isn't something that's worked out at all this season. So I'm not going to do it here. I'll let that game play out and hopefully, hopefully Florida doesn't uh, blow another winnable game on the road like they did to Tennessee. Though, again, the second half against Kentucky tonight, uh, or I should say, I should say uh, Tuesday night, um, would indicate that, you know, Tennessee is a better team than I think most people think and a team that is worthy of being bet upon uh, within the final game uh, this weekend and in the conference tournament. And going forward, maybe even an interesting NIT team, to be honest with you. So uh, elsewhere in the SEC, another interesting one, LSU at Arkansas. I made LSU a small favorite in this one. Arkansas is the small favorite. If you get the Arkansas team that has played at home in the last two games, getting wins against, uh, was it Missouri? And I think Tennessee was the other one. I'll have to check that. But, uh, you know, LSU... Getting a couple points here is very interesting in after seeing Arkansas lose to Georgia over the weekend. Uh, you know, obviously Arkansas still thinks they have a chance at the NCAA tournament, but I think they're probably sitting over with Alabama in the NIT section of the restaurant. Uh, game I will play for sure, St. Joe's. I can't believe that's a sentence that I just said. But St. Joe's plus 12 will be a play for me. I made Bonaventure about an eight-point favorite. 12 is too much for me for a St. Joe's team that's still scrapping and clawing here. Uh, not a good team by any stretch of the imagination, but at this point in the season, effort is something that we are looking forward uh, to seeing. Uh, Quinny Ebiak and Iona. I made Iona five and a half point favorite. The number six. That's going to be a no play for me. We actually won a game with Quinny Ebiak on Sunday, which was a real treat, and we're not going to press our luck in the same way that we didn't press our luck yesterday with Iowa only to watch them get destroyed at home by this random Purdue team that is one of the more confounding teams in the entire country. Uh, St. Louis goes on the road to George Mason. St. Louis just pulled the upset over Rhode Island, so this might be a tough spot for them as George Mason has shown some scrappiness down the stretch. Uh, so I might be looking at George Mason plus two and a half here, uh, going with the underdog uh, potentially getting the upset at home. Fordham at George Washington is a total stay away. Uh, I made George George Washington a small favorite of about four. It's seven. George Washington, not a good enough team to be laying seven against anybody, really. But if the anybody is Fordham, maybe that is an option. So pass for me. But I do see some value on Fordham, and that makes me a little nauseous just to say out loud. Canisius at Marist. Uh, I've got Marist as two and a half point favorites here. I think they get the win, and they are only one point favorites. So I'm actually going to play Marist in this situation. Uh, Minnesota at Indiana. I got Indiana as three and a half point favorites. I just think that's where the number has to be, and sure enough, it is. 
so no play for me there. Strong showing for Minnesota on the road at Wisconsin on Sunday, but yet another close loss for Minnesota. You wonder how many of these they can possibly take before just throwing in the towel completely. Uh, Indiana, of course, still somehow on the bubble, basically on the strength of a couple of random wins. Uh, SMU and UCF, total coin flip game here. I made UCF a one-point favorite. SMU is the one-point favorite. Uh, not much in the way of value on either side there. Uh, just looking at an update. Yes, it is still SMU minus one. Uh, over in the conference of USA, North Texas at Charlotte. I have North Texas as a seven-point favorite. They open four and a half. That does seem a little light for a team that is absolutely running through the Conference USA of late. And Charlotte seems a little overvalued to me at home. They were giving five points to Florida International in a game on Sunday that I can't believe I didn't bet. I was Honestly, it was one of those lines that just completely spooked me. Florida International won by 15 at Charlotte, so I don't see why North Texas couldn't do the same here. Uh, you know, they are coming off a big win against Western Kentucky to sort of solidify their spot atop the uh, conference standings. Uh, that being said, uh, four, four and a half here, it's just too short uh, for North Texas, even though they're on the road. UTSA and Old Dominion. I have Old Dominion as six and a half point favorites. It's six, no play for me there. Florida, uh, Florida. Atlantic at Marshall. I have five-point favorites. They're six-point favorites, so no play for me there. Uh, FIU at Louisiana Tech. I made Louisiana Tech seven-and-a-half-point favorites. They're nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Again, this might be a similar situation to FIU and Charlotte, where FIU might be the undervalued team. Um, I would take a run at FIU here, plus the nine-and-a-half. Uh, UTEP at Middle Tennessee. Uh, I've got UTEP as three-point favorites. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. No play for me there. Georgetown at Creighton is interesting. I have Creighton as double-digit 10-point favorites. Numbers at 12. Not enough for me to get on Georgetown, a team that I haven't had any faith on the entire season, basically, but certainly over the course of the last month. Um, but they have you know, shown a willingness to, to fight. Uh, that being said, Creighton coming off a loss back at home where their shots just fall like rain. Uh, no play for me here. Uh, and then TCU, Kansas, I made Kansas 17-point favorites, the number 16-and-a-half. So fortunately, I'm not put in a position where I have to bet on TCU, and I'm not put in a position where I am laying that many points with Kansas. And it's actually down to 16, so kind of somebody out there likes TCU. Uh, and maybe that's just off the strength of their most recent performance, obviously the win against Baylor, but a classic letdown spot here for TCU and a classic just absolutely run over a team on senior night spot for Kansas. Um, maybe some silliness happens towards the end of the game, you know, or Bill Self, you know, does the starting the seniors thing and you get some really wacky lineups at the start and end of this one. So, you know, there may be some value in TCU just because of that. That being said, similar situation happened in, on, uh, at Louisville on Sunday where we were fortunate enough, had, you know, having Louisville minus 11 and a half, believe it was roughly, I think, a 12 or 13 point game. They bring in the, yeah, actually, I think it was a little higher than that, but they bring in the senior, you know, 5'11", 
you know, white kid, and he gets his shot, and you know if he misses that Virginia Tech is going to tear down to the other end and get your backdoor cover basket, but the kid makes the three, the place goes nuts. I give him the fist pump because at that point we were four or five points clear of the cover, and that was the cover clinching shot from some kid who had not played the entire season. So these are the sorts of things you have to deal with as we come down the stretch uh, with a bunch of senior nights, and I think that might be built into this line move a little bit because if there's a slow start because they played three walk-ons and you know the last minute or two minutes are played by a bunch of walk-ons, then uh, you know that high of a spread could be in danger. Uh, moving back to the Conference of USA, Conference USA action, Rice and USM. I've got Rice as like a five-point road favorite here, basically looking to fade USM, uh, Southern Miss at any given opportunity, and the number is only Rice by one, so we're taking Rice on the road here, uh, and I think that uh, is both a value play and uh, just, I think, an outright winner. So uh, over to the Big East, Nova at Seton Hall. I had this number pegged right on at four and a half. Hall got the win on the road at Nova in the first game. I do sort of, and this is more gut instinct than anything else, especially with Nova coming off a loss at home to Providence. Kind of a buy low, sell high, I'd say here, right? Like Hall coming off a road win against Marquette. Nova coming off the road, the home loss, you know, revenge spot for Nova. Feels like the world would be on Seton Hall in this situation. So Nova plus four and a half. Maybe we can get a better number on that. Just gonna look at the updated price here, and it's actually down to four. So yeah, I mean, I think I think Nova is probably the right side in this. Uh, as sort of scary as that sounds, considering what we've seen most recently from both teams. Uh, and including their previous matchup. Uh, Virginia is at Miami. I made the number Virginia minus three and a half. Not a ton of home court fear for uh, Miami. Uh, the number opened at two and is ticking over closer to me at two and a half. I think two and a half still worth a play on Virginia. Uh, as we know, the defense travels. And if you know that's the case, then I think they can get the road win here as they look to uh, quote unquote stay hot. Uh, as their record indicates, though, again, I'm not sure if Virginia, this iteration of Virginia, could ever be considered hot, uh, just based on the fact that I usually need some offense uh, to consider a team to be on fire. Uh, Missouri at Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi, I made three-point favorites. Numbers four and a half. That's a little high for my liking. I think I'll be on Missouri in this one, a team that's playing much better down the stretch. Uh, the home loss to Mississippi State notwithstanding. Uh, I think a decent bounce-back spot for them in a game that could be close. You're going to get a ton of different results with this Mississippi team, uh, even half-to-half, half, uh, but getting a few points on a team that I think could actually win this game on the road uh, might be a good idea. Really interesting one in the A-10 here, Dayton at Rhode Island. And on the surface, I have Dayton as a seven-point favorite here. But just an incredible spot here for Rhode Island, I think. So Dayton's last game was a wave to the crowd game. And, of course, what is a wave to the crowd game? It's, you know, the senior day. You know, you may not even have any seniors on your team, but the last home game of the regular season 
where if you get the win in that game and you've clinched something like the league title for example and you end up waving to people as you're walking around the court or you're leaving you know and guys are hugging it out instead of just going straight to the locker room you know not necessarily a really great sign if you have to go on the road the next game so little rock for example was part of our handicap in the Sun Belt yesterday in that they had a wave to the crowd game in uh, over the weekend and then just had one more game to finish up their schedule. Well, Dayton on Friday had a wave to the crowd game when they pummeled Davidson to clinch the title. Now, they still have the undefeated conference record on the line here, but is that, you know, where does that rank on the, you know, levels of whether you're going to show up for a road game against a very good Rhode Island team that believes themselves to be on the bubble, even if they are safely in, um, you know, you're never safely in until they announce your name on Selection Sunday. So you got this Rhode Island team playing at home. And here's where this, the line comes in. The line is open to three and a half. Now it's ticked up to four because three and a half, let's be honest, is too low for a Dayton team that is going to get the money in this situation, right? People are going to bet Dayton on this line. But is this not the same situation or very similar situation as Gonzaga had going into BYU a couple of weeks back, right? The super short line where you go, you know what, if Gonzaga's going to lose, I'm going to be fine with it because I'm getting this short line on Gonzaga and I never get a line this short on Gonzaga. Well, you could have that attitude here with Dayton, but, again, Gonzaga in that spot wasn't coming off of a wave to the crowd game. And as much as my numbers say Dayton should be favored by seven on sort of a regular situation, this Rhode Island game is such a, you know, you don't say trap game because trap game has sort of a connotation or whatever. But in a way, it's a trap game where they're going to walk into an environment that they might not be necessarily ready to play uh, against a quality team in Rhode Island. So uh, hoping this ticks up. This is one where I'll sort of wait throughout the day to see if we can get four and a half or even five. Um, since, especially since we've already gotten an extra half point off of the opening line. But definitely Rhode Island worth a play. And if you really wanted to get spicy, uh, money line is certainly an option here. Um, you know, we've talked, of course, about Dayton getting a one seed and hoping that that's the case. Uh, this would obviously be a detriment to that if if they did lose this game. But, you know, the spot is what the spot is and certainly seems like a lot of money could be on Dayton here and people could be going home upset and not cashing that ticket. Uh, finishing it up here, Florida State at Notre Dame. I made Florida State 2.5-point favorites. They are 2.5-point favorites. Kind of like Notre Dame here, but again, the athleticism difference is always or frequently is overwhelming to uh, Notre Dame, and they always seem to find themselves down 10 points to Florida State at some point. It's just a matter of whether they can make a few shots to get back in it a lot of, in a lot of cases. Uh, Notre Dame, of course, coming off a loss to Wake Forest and Florida State coming off of a road loss to Clemson. So I would expect Florida State's best here, uh, which is why there will be no play for me. Uh, if you can stomach better betting on Northwestern, I think tonight might be the night to do it. <laughs> uh, I've got Wisconsin as 10-point favorites hosting Northwestern. The number's 13 and a half. That is enough value for me to take Northwestern. Um, 
you know, Wisconsin having come off a close win uh, at home against Minnesota, and before that, the road win to Michigan, and a couple of home wins against Rutgers and Purdue. You know, they are arguably, if Virginia is hot, Wisconsin is also hot right now. Uh, senior night for Wisconsin as well. So again, you're God knows you might get some sketchiness at the end of that one. Uh, and sure enough, I'm seeing that numbers actually tick down a half point to uh, an even 13. So at the end of the day, you're betting Northwestern, though. And that is and can be just sickening of a proposition. But tonight might be the night for that. Kansas State is at Oklahoma State. I've got Oklahoma State as four-point favorites here. Uh, you know, felt like we got away with one in a weird way, even though, I mean, it was still a pretty comfortable cover on the weekend betting Oak State over Iowa State. Uh, but again, Iowa State's such a bad team that they lost even to West Virginia <laughs> at home yesterday, one game that we didn't talk about, uh, as it looked for all the world like West Virginia might blow that game too, and we might have to downgrade them even further than we already have, which is almost into oblivion at this point for a team that was in the top 16 you know, seeding lines uh, as of, what, a month ago when the committee first announced their top four in each region. Uh, Pittsburgh at Georgia Tech. Uh, I have Georgia Tech as four-and-a-half-point favorites. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites. That's out of the realm of bettable on Georgia Tech for me. Uh, I do like them at time, you know, from time to time as shorter home favorites. In this case, you know, Pittsburgh can keep that one close or even potentially win that. I might be looking at Pittsburgh plus a higher number than six and a half. Uh, you know, seven obviously would be kind of a key number with regards to free throws uh, late and getting that push. But now that I've looked at it, it is actually ticking back towards me at six in most places. So that's probably going to be a no play for me there. Uh, Cal State Northridge at Irvine. That one's an interesting one. I think Northridge has enough talent here to keep it relatively close. I made the number eight and a half. Number is 12 and has actually ticked down to 11 and a half and even 11. So it's certainly heading my way with regards to the number there. Um, so probably still going to be a play for me in uh, the nightcap here on Northridge. Uh, so that's it for the Wednesday board. Uh, and we do have a uh, guest coming up, as mentioned. Uh, we're going to talk uh, conference tournaments with my boy Ashish Barty. It's going to be real fun. Uh, we're going to do that right after this message. Do you run your own company or promote your business through Instagram, Facebook, or other social media platforms? Are you struggling to grow your following or build your brand? Posting simple pictures, inspirational quotes, or amateur selfie videos don't really do the trick anymore. Studies show that 82% of people simply scroll by videos that don't have any subtitles, and the remaining 18% usually don't stay for long if your content isn't stimulating or entertaining. Contact Hundo P Productions to help you boost your brand and get to the next level of video marketing. Reach them at www.hundopproductions.com or at hundopprod on Instagram. Don't just post, inspire. Inspire. 
Okay, very excited about this. Our first remote guest on the Window Podcast. My good friend Ashish Barty will join us in a second. We had some real tech struggles on Monday night and weren't able to chat about the four tournaments that started on Tuesday, but I think we've got things figured out. But before we get to him, I want to make this prediction, okay? I want to make this bet with you, the listener, if you will. I'm going to ask him a super general question about what our first like great moment of watching the tournament was, right? What's the most, you know, earliest sort of memory of something madnessy happening, right? And I bet his answer is, and in this game sort of lost to history because Kentucky didn't win the game, but the regional final in 2005 where Patrick Sparks, who we were calling Spanky for some reason, hit an insane bouncer three to force OT. The best part of that clip is you can hear the ball bouncing on the rim before it falls. Uh, then they had to review it. It was a whole scene. I think that's the game he'll think of, but we'll see. So let's bring him in now. All right, our first remote guest in the history of the window, my friend of 20-plus years, Ashish Barty. Welcome to the show, buddy, your podcast debut. That's right. That's right. Podcast virgin here. <laughs> well, we're going to be gentle as best we can. But yes. first yes. things first, I am going you to wine and dine me first. How could you? <laughs> true uh, i'll buy you a couple of drinks after maybe um uh, first things first i'm gonna throw a little curveball here to start in my previous segment i made a prediction a bet with the audience if you will about your answer to the following question all right okay, you ready for this? okay. we've been Not bonded by our enjoyment myself. of the tournament for a while but mm-hmm. if you had to pick the first notable tournament moment that we experienced together okay. what would it be that I have to go with Spanky. I have to go with Kentucky. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Circa. Nails it. What are we looking at? What are we looking at? Well, okay. So this, is, so this is the question. So this is the follow-up question because I knew you'd say that, right? And of course, for those who don't know who Spanky is, uh, <laughs> that's Sparks from Kentucky. Yeah. Hitting yeah. the like, it was really like the Kawhi Leonard shot before Kawhi Leonard did it. Exactly. It was a prelude like to a the Kawhi. Five, ten short stocky white dude with the shaved sure. head and it was just t-shirt. like shirt let's not forget no, the t-shirt like a baggy no. t-shirt <laughs> so he hits this shot that bounces on the rim like 11 times and you are you dive on the ground in front in, of the in TV. your basement mind you yeah yeah in my parents yeah. basement yeah, yeah, yeah my mom's basement and i then sort of quasi mount you like you would a horse and (laughs) sort of almost like whipping you to get to the finish line as Kentucky ties the game so anyway the question is what year was that and what was the like result of that game like do you remember anything else about that game Okay, uh, the re- this is just total guesses now. Yeah, that's it's a trivia. It's essentially trivia. Uh, year-wise, I mean, uh, I mean, we gotta look. Maybe two thousand seven. Okay, so that's interesting because I thought you would say 
earlier than that. Yeah, yeah. I thought you would be like, oh, 2000, 2001, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. The answer, the answer is actually 2005. Okay, okay. And that feels later to me than it, than it does. But it's interesting yeah. that it seems longer for you. I don't know. Yeah. Because in 2005, like, I, I just assumed that was like when we were in high school, which like, we'll leave no, out what years I, those I were. I figured after post high school. But like, even like, like first or second year time went on. But what's funny is post high school, we would have been like in college slash university yeah. for those yeah. of us in Canada. And why would we be like watching the tournament together up at my parents' house? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it seems like, you know, it would be more sensical that would have happened like while we were in, in high school. Anyway, so yes, 2005 regional final. Mm-hmm to go to the final four and Kentucky didn't even win the game. (laughs) Like it forced, it forced either overtime or a second overtime. But obviously against juice on Kentucky that year. (laughs) Right. And like everything else, we probably ended up losing. Yeah. Um, So yeah. That's a great segue into today. That's a great segue into what happened today so far. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, though, yeah, way less exciting uh, of, of action today. Uh, yeah, so Michigan State wins. They go on to the Final Four. And mm-hmm. it was the year that North Carolina beat Illinois for the NCAA championship. Uh, Darren Williams. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, so I started going in this, like, deep dive, trying to, like, figure out everything that had sort of happened in and around that game in that tournament and so i'm like figuring out like i'm trying to find out like who the you know looking who the one seeds are and that sort of thing and one of the one seeds was washington wow which is like a really random one seed that i don't recall them ever being good like the washington huskies so i'm like that's really weird and it was nate robinson's washington Uh, huskies team but I was looking at sort of, you know, like I was on the Wikipedia page for the tournament and they were literally the 14th ranked team going into their conference tournament and they beat Arizona in the Pac-12 championship. And Mm -hmm. it was like, even though it was like 15 years ago, it feels like a different time where like the committee would just be like, oh, you won the Pac-12? Oh, I don't care that you're the 14th ranked team in the country. One seed. Like, yeah. why yeah. would they just start? They're just handing out one seeds because they won, like, the conference tournament. Like, oh, you beat Arizona, who was the eight ranked, eighth ranked team in the country. It's like that would never happen nowadays, right? Yeah. Like, if Oregon wins the Pac 12 tournament, they're not getting leaped into a one seed. So, I don't know. It feels like we've come a long way. Anyway, yeah. I thought that would be sort of a fun way to start the podcast no, it is. It is. with Absolutely. a little trivia. And uh, yeah, I win the bet with with the lead with the listeners and uh yeah so kind of fun but yeah it's interesting that you said 2007 because i would have guessed earlier but anyway uh so let's get started with regards to the preview do you want to get things kicked off we've got the nec tournament starting up on wednesday and as i pull up the bracket for that Mm -hmm. one thing is in case anybody was thinking that they're you know this podcast was you know hosted by a real cool dude uh just just so everybody knows i literally go through and create a spreadsheet that has 32 different little brackets on it so that i can keep track of this i've seen it i've seen it and you've seen it and you've seen it and i swear to you the other day when i was 
populating the Patriot League teams into the bracket, I could feel adrenaline coursing through my veins. <laughs> like I could literally feel it as if I had like literally jammed it into my veins with a needle. I was like, oh my God, it's back. And I'm it's so my, happy. It's here. It's here. Yeah, exactly. That's why, that's why yesterday so, was such a letdown when we had the technical difficulties. Um, yeah. Yeah. We were, we were both pretty fired up. I know. I'm still thinking I might put that five-minute segment <laughs> at the back end of this podcast. It's like an outtakes version. Put it on like a, um, a B-side. It's on a B-side. Yeah, it's yeah. on a B-side outtakes. It's like when this, you know, in a 90s sitcom, like they come back for the last like 30 seconds after the commercial at the yeah. very end, like the show was over, but they would show like a random, you know, it's blooper scene. Just laughing their asses off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think Seinfeld did it for like a year when I think Jerry just stopped doing stand-up for a while. And they're just like, okay, let's put in, let's put that in. Uh, so yeah, so the speaking of which, let's get back to the NEC. So did I pump that in here? I'm not even sure I even typed all that stuff in. Well, I'm loaded sure. up. I got it right here. Oh yeah, here we go. Okay, so yeah, not the biggest conference tournament yeah. in the world. We got eight teams. Uh that qualify, right? Because there's more teams in the actual league. Mm-hmm. And this is one of these deals where they reseed and everything's on a campus site. Yeah. So they're basically like trying, in theory, to get the best team into the tournament. And the number one seed is Robert Morris, but I'm not so for sure that they are the best team well, in we, we, the conference. We what would you say? about Merrimack and the unfortunate state of affairs with them. True, yeah. So for those but who don't know, Merrimack fun. won the actual league this year, but isn't ready or isn't i'm sure they're ready but they aren't able to play in postseason action because they are fresh uh, on the division one scene which is a sort of a weird rule like you know i don't get really why they would make that like it's the why are you you in the league you know yeah like they're in the so i mean obviously it's a condition for jumping up to division one but do they think these teams who are jumping to division one have just spent the last like two years paying their players in order to get like good teams like like what's the harm or you know are they putting them in a league and they're like yeah you can't be too good because (laughs) you know we still want the existing teams to get into the tournament and maybe that's really just all it comes down to no but that's like it talks to the business of ncw it's like a probationary period for a new employee it's like yeah totally try you out and we'll decide if you get benefits or full-time you know (laughs) right they don't get yeah, they don't get credit for any of their sales. They don't, they don't get, you know, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like a waitress who has to give all her tips in at the end of the day. It's like, yeah. oh, sorry, you're you're new. But anyway, they're not, they don't get to participate. So everybody gets sort of bumped up one. And Robert Morris gets the honor of the one seed. But yeah. uh, they're certainly not the best team in factoring in Merrimack. But I'm not sure they're the best team in this tournament. What say you, my friend? Well, um you look at these eight teams, and I mean, again, did a bit of a dive into their year, who's hot, who's not. And I mean, for the champ pick, um, I mean, spoiler alert, I chose uh, Sacred Heart as the three seed. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think uh, they're 12 and six in the conference this year, um, looking good over their last, um, last 10 games. And I mean, if you look a little closer, uh, a lot of close calls, some of those losses. I think could have went either way. Okay. Um, so I like I like their side of the bracket as well. So I was, yeah, good. I was gonna, yeah. yeah, I was going to say I like I've been sort of pumping St. Francis PA mm-hmm. all season mm-hmm. long as the sort of running joke on the podcast is that St. Francis PA is the good St. Francis 
And St. Francis <laughs> no, exactly. of, of Brooklyn is the crappy St. Francis. Yeah, and, and you're so, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. And so, but, you know, we've done okay betting on St. Francis. So as a devil's advocate sort of thing, I would say, mm-hmm. like, what's wrong with our St. Francis guys? No, that's just it. I mean, this is one of the ones where if we can almost go against the grain in a sense of, the non one or two seeds for the champ pick in these leagues, I think yeah. it's going to pay big dividends. Yeah, because as, as much as I may like the St. Francis PA squad, mm-hmm. I and... like Fairleigh Dickinson just as much. You know, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah to that's... be honest, that's my dark horse pick in the mm-hmm. in this bracket. So we could find ourselves in a scenario where Fairleigh Dickinson beats Long Island, and yeah. because of this re- reseeding situation, you'd like them against Robert Morris, I'd imagine. Yeah, exactly. Potential like upset pick against yeah, like, Robert Morris. Not to say I, uh, you know, bet the farm on it, but I'd say, yeah. you know what? I don't feel Robert Morris has the easier path. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, these this, you know, we talked about uh in yesterday's podcast about, you know, not all one seeds are created equal, right? Exactly. And these and you know, first of all, this you know, the one seed in this league isn't even the one seed <laughs> number first team in the in the standings. So right there you're like, okay, you know, there's no reason to shoehorn Robert Morris into anything. So that makes sense. Um, as far as like a dark horse situation, I mean, Bryant has had some results over the course of this year too, which maybe mm-hmm. sort of put you off of St. Francis PA a little bit as well, yep. you know, as kind of a dangerous seven seed in that, you know, like I said, they've, they've, I think, you know, uh, without even really looking, I'm pretty sure they have a couple of upset wins over some of these top teams. You're talking like Bryant? Bryant, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that feels like one where, you know, I'd rather be going up against Mount St. Mary's in the first round than I would against Bryant. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Right? And that helps Sacred Heart as your pick, too. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, yeah, so I mean, we could be couple, looking. A couple games, I mean, even if you look against St. Francis PA, yeah. I mean, yes, they lost, but close calls. A lot of close calls. I think they have um, you know, almost that like revenge game status cut if they face them in the second round. For sure. Um, I, th- I think they'll be the ones, you know, with a bit more fire in their belly. Mm. So for any of these um, picks tomorrow, so you got, you know, you'll take Robert Morris in the game against St. Francis, uh, Brooklyn, right? Oh, yeah. 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 And so we have taking Robert Morris, we're taking St. Francis, we're taking Fairly Dickinson as the upset. Um do, do we think that Fairleigh Dickinson will be favored in that game against Long Island or probably around like a pick type of thing? Yeah, I mean... Um, I kind of think so, too. I mean, I could see Long Island, I suppose, being like a one or two point favorite just because they're at home. But I don't know that like anything said, beyond that would make any sense. Exactly. So I, I actually, I, I would, planning on taking that five over four seed for the extra quarter point as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. And then we'll hit, we'll try them again with Robert Morris, assuming they get through. Yeah. And then, yes, obviously with the reseeding factor, you know, you get no breaks with regards to the the um, you know the path, right? And that's what I had to deal with with the horizon, where you're literally like, I can't even envision how these th- this path is going to work when you've got all this reseeding. And if dare I say, reseeding is un-American. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe in it. I, I think this should it's be un-Canadian. It's well. un-Canadian. It's definitely un-Canadian. I'm here to tell you, we don't reseed shit up here. 
right? I'll have to bleep that out. Um, we don't reseed anything. In fact, there was a time when the NHL reseeded their conference, you know, mm-hmm. for the playoffs. And I think just Canada in general was like, no, we, we aren't having any of this crap. And we banished reseeding uh, as a whole. So it's in our constitution. Um, I think, you know, the Super Tuesday vote down south should include some sort of legislation about reseeding, but that's not going to happen this year, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> not with the rest of the things. No, exactly. Putin is a massive reseeder. I've always said that. <laughs> Okay, my turn. Uh, let's move on to the Mountain West here. How okay. familiar are, are you with the Mountain West this season? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, let me load up uh, my work here. <laughs> sure. So, you know, I've been talking about sort of where I think, you know, what's going to happen with the San Diego State team. And barring some really shoddy officiating, uh, they probably should have lost as I thought they would against Nevada, but they pulled that game out. And in part because Malachi Flynn, their point guard, is unbelievable. He almost went for 40 and almost single-handedly dragged them to a win at Nevada. Now, that being said here, you know, they're going to make the semifinals at least of this tournament. But when they do, they're going to potentially be up against UNLV, which Mm -hmm. is A, the quote-unquote host team. Obviously, it's not being played at the Thomas & Mack Center, their home court. But it's the team that just beat them at, uh, in San Diego, right? So automatically you've sort of got that circle, you know, circle that matchup on, on the bracket. And you've, you know, because San Diego State's going to beat whoever wins between Fresno State and Air Force. And, I mean, I assume Fresno State will win that game because Air Force is garbage. Um, but there's a chance that San Diego State doesn't even make the finals of this of this tournament and they're playing it a week early because it's out again in Las Vegas and they're playing it a week early because of like hotel issues, which always sounds ridiculous because it's Las Vegas and literally the entire place is just hotel rooms. So there's some sort of convention that's overlapping with the tournaments that happen uh, in the very next week. So they have this week off after the tournament before the, uh, you know, the big NCAA tournament. And I feel like that's going to do them a whole lot of good because they should be getting their center back, but he's not going to play in this tournament. And he hasn't played for two and a half months, so it's not like they're missing something that they've had you know, throughout. And on the flip side of the bracket, it gets a little murky because for a while I was saying that Utah State would face San Diego State in the finals of this tournament, and I thought that Utah State would get them the third time. Problem is, they've got Nevada and Colorado State, two of the more sort of dangerous teams on that half of the bracket. And it's not that easy for Utah State to make the finals, as I sort of hoped it would be, you know, before kind of digging into these teams. Like I thought Colorado State would get the five seed and they would be on San Diego State's side, right? I thought Nevada would potentially be on San Diego State's side. Unfortunately, they're not. They're now on Utah State's side. So I'm still up in the air on who I'm going to actually take to win this tournament. And I'm probably still going to take Utah State. I mean, I do have to have these in by, you know, tomorrow morning. But it isn't as easy as I sort of hoped it would be. 
um, cause there's a, that bottom half is a real, real jam job. Um, I think it's pretty easy route for, you know, or pretty easy picks for those, that first round, Fresno state, Colorado state, New Mexico, uh, you know, UNLV has been playing so well that I think they will win that four five game. But after that, like you could tell me any one of those four teams wins this tournament. And of course, if it's anybody other than San Diego state, uh, that's going to take a bid from somebody else. So you also have the fact that San Diego state doesn't really need to win this tournament at all. Um, and that should factor into, you know, motivations and sort of, you know, how far they're willing to, uh, you know, to go as they're not necessarily a really deep team here. So um, San Diego state is certainly a potentially fadeable team <laughs> within the con, you know, the construct of the contest. Right. What is your prediction for amount of people who take San Diego state in the mountain? Well, yeah. And that's exactly it. Right. Whereas like, yes, I would presume that a lot do, but again, the people who are in this, in this yeah, it's not contest, their first day. Yeah, it's yeah. not their first day either, right? So I just think that there will be a pretty big, you know, sort of spread around between Utah State, Nevada, you know, even potentially UNLV. And then if, you know, normally I wouldn't want to take a team that plays on the first day like Colorado State, but yeah. they're playing Wyoming. And that's, I mean, they barely have to get out of bed for that one. So it's not exactly going to be a, a, a major uh, I, Honestly, I, I love when the picks come out. I just, I love seeing what, you know, what the big dogs are taking as well, you know, what are the other oh, yeah, the exactly. teams uh, picking for champs, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm going to be like, you know, pumping in the implied money lines of these, you know, all these games and stuff, just based on the fact that, you know, people took this guy or that or this team or that team or, you know, whatever. So um, yeah, if I was going to fade San Diego state, which I probably will be, it will probably be either Nevada or Utah state. I certainly mm-hmm. think Nevada is capable of beating both Utah state and San Diego state, but we always have to deal with these things where it's like when you pick a second or a third seed, you know, they have to beat the other, you know, second or third seed and yeah, then exactly. have to beat the one seed. So it's always That's my sacred heart, sacred heart scenario. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I almost rather just, if one of these teams is a four seed, if Utah state was a four seed, I yeah. would be all over it because, you know, it's, you know, less of a, you know, troublesome route for them. So uh, as far as point spreads are concerned, Fresno state and air force, I've got that lined at about uh, neutral courts. So it's, I've got that about six and a half for Fresno state, uh, Colorado state. I have them as like, 13 point favorites over Wyoming and that's probably a little bit low and then New Mexico San Jose State I've got New Mexico is about an eight point favorite there so uh just kind of looking at the lines right now Fresno's a five and a half point favorite so there's still I think there's probably some value on Fresno State as sort of scary as that is uh, to say and New Mexico I was right on with eight and a half and what else was there? Oh, yes, Colorado State at Wyoming. Uh, thrilling radio here while I search. And Colorado State's only a 10.5-point favorite, so I think I would even lay that 10.5 points um, yeah. with Colorado State. That's how little I think of Wyoming, and I think Colorado State's <laughs> actually a better team than people think. So, um, yeah, maybe a stay away for New Mexico, but I think I would lay the points with Fresno State and uh, Colorado State. And then on Thursday, UNLV and Boise State should be pretty interesting with regards to what that spread is. Uh, mm-hmm. If that's anywhere near Pickham, I think that's a play for UNLV. 
Anyway, so, yeah, we'll see what I come up with with regards to Nevada or Utah State, but I think that's kind of a coin flip between the two. I would really kick myself if I didn't take Utah State after saying for, like, a week and a half that Utah State's probably going to win that tournament, and then if I don't take them and then they go on to win that tournament. Yep. That, you know, that's one of those, right? I kind of did that with American, where I'm like, you know, if you're selling yourself on this team, you really should just – pull the trigger on it because otherwise you're going to really the only chance to, you know, put your, put your money where your mouth is really. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And trust me, I've been scouring the different sites that we use for futures on these conference tournaments and just nobody's offering them. It's, mm-hmm. it's really kind of, of a, kind of a bummer. So anyway, let's move on to the next one. And that one is yours and that's the West yep. coast conference. And yeah. I think okay. We know where you're going for the champion with this one. Yeah, you know what? I uh, again looked around all these teams, <laughs> looking at, and I said, I, 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 I want to do everything I can <laughs> to not do it. Were, yeah, no, I knew, I know you were like, I'm gonna like, find a path to make this happen. <laughs> right. We're gonna find, you know, a St. Mary's rabbit in the hat. We're gonna find a BYU diamond in the rough. We're gonna find a way. <laughs> Try, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna. Well, I wanted to blow you away. I know. I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't do it. Another spoiler well, alert: Gonzaga with the triple buy in the tournament is going to win the West Coast Conference tournament this year. Well, and 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 losing it last year too, right? That was the yeah. stunner in the finals of losing to St. Mary's there. Yeah. And so, in part, you do kind of, you know, it's sort of like if you don't. You know, I go through and I kind of look at our brackets from last year, right? And that's why I know when I, you know, I took American, I was like, this feels a little deja vu-y. And yeah. Like, Let's go see what I did last year. And then sure enough, I had American as the four seed. And I was like, okay, that's why I feel like I've done this before because I have done this before. So it's like when you got that, when you're looking to have Gonzaga beat, you literally go, okay, they lost to St. Mary's. Maybe that could happen again. Well, that seems even like less likely to happen. Yeah. Right, yeah. the second time, um, you know, side especially note, with Saint Marys. But go ahead. I digress from the West Coast for one moment. Sure. Uh, did we right. take Did we take G Web last year in the Big South? Uh, we did. Yeah. Okay, we you're welcome. Did. You're welcome for that. Yeah. <laughs> as a, you, there were four last year, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure we took them last year to win. And yeah, as uh, unfortunately we would have talked about yesterday, how that is our uh, our Big South pick. You know. Yeah. No yep. matter how shitty of a day it was for, sorry, crappy of a day it was today, <laughs> um, you know what? I'm still feeling good for the the quarters. You are welcome to swear on the podcast. I try okay. not to, just out of force of habit, and mm-hmm. it's only because uh, the first podcast I did that had literally two listeners, which is mm-hmm. all that far. I was one of them. Fifty percent of that contingent. Yeah, where we're at now. Uh, I, I mean, it's since then it's had a couple more than that, but like. Um, it was for the Super Bowl, and I went to you know the Super Bowl party we go to every year. And your brother-in-law and yeah. his sister were talking about how they earlier that day were listening to my podcast like over the speaker, like uh, in their house. So like okay. the kids were around, right? And every time, yeah. like I just want to like you know swear or something, and I I will just I will probably swear. You more see my this. nieces. You see my nieces' faces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A look oh, of like disgust. Yeah, exactly. I really don't want to disappoint the kids. You know, it's, it's yeah, all about but... the kids for me, right? So, <laughs> at any rate, if you're welcome to do it, just remember that your 
nieces may or may not be sure. listening to this. Sure. So shout out to David and Anuja if they are in fact <laughs> listening to this right now. Um, but, but at any rate, uh, it, this is this is another tournament, and again, it's the same thing that we have to deal with on all of these, right? Where you have that two-three matchup that it looks like it'll be BYU and St. Mary's. Yeah. And you know, as you know, BYU beat Gonzaga what about a week ago now, a week and a half ago now. And to me, like, they're the better team this year than St. Mary's is, right? So, yeah. like, last year, if you had the balls to do it, you would have, you know, would have taken St. Mary's because they were the, by far the better team, um, not named Gonzaga in that conference. And then this year, I think that team is BYU. So if you had told me that you had taken BYU, I would have been like, okay, let's let's get back into this. <laughs> you signed up. Yeah, exactly. Because I think this year, a little bit more than most years, is a bit of a down year for St. Mary's. They haven't been as yeah. good as sort of they usually are. And so you don't have to worry as much about that game, I don't think, for BYU if we were sort mm-hmm. of playing devil's advocate in this in this situation, but you're now getting sort of a double revenge situational spot for Gonzaga in that. I don't know that they're necessarily want to lose the tournament again. Cause that was pretty embarrassing. Trust me. I, I tried not to pick them. I did everything I could. Yeah. And it's, it's massive. Re- well, it's just massive revenge too, against BYU. BYU is not going to have the home crowd going yeah. absolutely ape the way they did, uh, you know, a week and a half ago. So yeah. yeah, I think we're on the right track there. There is a situation where maybe it's a play for BYU plus, you know, points if there was sure. a significant amount. But you could make the case, too, that the spread will probably be a little bit lower um, just because BYU won that last game, too. So we'll uh-huh. see when that number comes out. But if it's something, you know, it, Gonzaga was a four-point favorite at BYU in that game. You know, if it's anywhere near four, you, has, you have to take Gonzaga as, you know, you know in a, on a neutral, neutral court. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see when that line comes out. What? I guess that's a Monday. Let's, let's get there. Let's get Monday through the games. Yeah. yeah. So with regards to that uh, mm-hmm. conference, is there a team, remember San Diego randomly like made yeah. the semifinals last year and then yeah. they were literally like, they had to win three games to even make the semifinals or something ridiculous <laughs> where it was like, you know, we kept, I, I don't know if we were riding them or I have to look it up, but they're back as a nine seed, but they yeah. are not nearly as good as they were even last year. They lost a bunch of guys from that team and sort of, there's a pretty big disparity, I think, between San Diego, uh, Portland, and San Diego as the bottom feeders in that in that league this year. It's very I've sort odd. of been I've sort of been bleep talking Santa Clara for the entire season because their metrics always sort of seem to be, and the market seems to be higher on them than their actual results, and they're sitting there as a seven seed, and that's a team that, in theory, you know, I think could make a little run and maybe be I think it maybe even beat St. Mary's if that you know became an option for them right so I'm sort of looking at it going like all right you know Pacific is obviously vulnerable as a four seed to not make the semifinals and I think in to a degree St. Mary's is as well I just wonder if there's any other teams that are in there that you would sort of hop further than maybe they should yeah, um, and I mean, San Diego was one of the teams I looked at more than normal just from historical standpoints, emotional standpoints, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, we got to give them what they deserve. And sure. yeah, I, I mean, unfortunately, they're not the dark horse in my opinion. No, for sure. 
and and again with they're not we're not reseeding this weirdo flat bracket no, as I call no. it right. So they have San Francisco next, and I think San Francisco. You can make San Francisco a case, to be honest with you. If yeah, you no, no, really that, spicy in this league. I mean, San Francisco was up big at half, you know, at Gonzaga two weeks ago, right? So, like, that's a team that at least for twenty minutes can play with Gonzaga. Absolutely, and I mean, if I look at, I always try to not, you know, even for the champ pick. Yeah. Obviously, this you know, conferences, you're not looking much further than the one, two, maybe three for the champ, but, yeah. uh, you know, with all the other conferences, like I said, when there's so much parody in the middle, you do want to look at, okay, maybe you get a random six seed who can pull it off or seven, yeah. you know, and in the West coast, I mean, if you know, yeah, pulling it off is defined yeah. differently in the West coast conference. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, like who's going to join. Might... Yeah. Yeah, I, could, I could see San Francisco making it to the semifinals. I could see them, yeah. you know, assuming, let's say, San Diego wins the first round. Uh, they beat them in the second round. I could see them taking out Pacific in the third. And then, you know, like you said, play half of a good game against Gonzaga in the semis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's, it's one of those where, and we've talked about this on the podcast, like, yes, a lot of teams can compete for a half. And then it's just the longer yeah. the game goes, just the more strung out no, it ends no, up being, right? So, yeah, I mean, I am interested in that bottom half too. Santa Clara, Pepperdine, St. Mary's. I think St. Mary's could be in, in some trouble against one of those two teams. Mm-hmm. Pepperdine has their moments. Uh, they actually played pretty well up in Gonzaga in their road game at Gonzaga. Um, they only lost by like four points or something like that. Um, yeah, and San Fran, I, you know, I don't, I don't know this to be true we haven't discussed this yet but i assume san fran will be a pick for you against pacific because i think they're probably you'll find that they're probably rated higher yeah. than pacific and actually would be the favorite in that game i think so yeah which yeah. you know as a five over four is kind of an automatic thing and, and not necessarily a difference maker on this in this contest but um yeah that's just the one that stands out to me that's sort of you know where one team's going to be favored over the other. That is a uh, that is a worse worse seed. So yeah, as much as we'd like to, there's no real reason to fade Gonzaga here. Um, do a little bit worried about you know worry about BYU. That'll be a hell of a game. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'll be looking forward to that. I'd be bummed out if one of those two teams, for whatever reason, doesn't make it. Right? Like if somehow San Francisco knocked off Gonzaga, like I have no interest <laughs> in watching San Francisco and BYU no, like exactly. fight it out. BYU's got their place already in the tournament. So it's not like they are win, you know, have to win to get in type of thing for them. St. Mary's is a little bit more sort of bubble adjacent, though I think they actually are probably, um, you know, pretty safe um, as yeah. long as they at least get a win here. So as far well, as B- like, BYU kind of, I would say, overperformed projections from the beginning of the year i think they're they're a good team yeah oh for sure and i mean they had they were without yoli childs right they're big men who like literally threw down 40 points against pepperdine last week to my much to my chagrin after pepperdine had the lead at half he just said bleep this you guys are you guys are in trouble so he's he he is the one thing that gonzaga might have issues with right because what gonzaga sort of is lacking is that sort of interior presence because all of their interior guys by and large you know, are sort of that athletic, you know, quasi power forward, borderline, you know, wing type of player that's just a little bit too big to play on the wing, you know, and all those guys sort of pop out and shoot threes and stuff. But if you have to, you know, 
defend a guy like Yoli Childs, you know, that's a rough, can be a rough scene for Gonzaga. So uh, yeah, should be an interesting yeah. game. Then I think there'll be enough people that do try to get cute and take BYU and even maybe to a lesser extent, St. Mary's that we might actually have decent value on Gonzaga. Yep. To be honest. So kind of interesting there. All, All right. Let's finish, yeah. Yeah, so let's finish it up with the OVC and right. similar to the West coast conference. This is the flat as a pancake style bracket too, which again is just like uh, reseeding it might be unconstitutional unconstitutional but the flat bracket really should is just illegal like it's just <laughs> like it's okay we're gonna hop these two teams into the semifinals. meanwhile like if you finish fifth you get like kicked right in the butt set oh, yeah. back, you know what i mean and it's like it's one thing when you're the west coast conference i guess and it's like okay let's put these seven eight nine teams and have to make them play five games which is completely ridiculous but like a top five team having to play four games in a row it's just ridiculous. So this one's interesting because this is Belmont's league, right? And everybody mm-hmm. knows Belmont because they're in the tournament every freaking year. And again, like most years, Murray State is second in this league. So those two teams get hopped up into the semifinals and they've got a, their place in the semifinals. So you're probably looking right off the bat at Belmont making the final because all they have to do is win the one game. And yeah. the teams that are in there... Uh, half of the bracket are they kind of caught a break here a little bit in that the four five seed uh, four five eight combination right in the top of their bracket are Eastern Kentucky, who I wouldn't trust you know <laughs> as far as I could throw them. Um, Tennessee State, who I've been joking on the podcast, is the best of the three Tennessees in that league. You've got Tennessee State, Tennessee Tech, and Tennessee Martin, which honestly, if you put every one of those teams in their uniform in my house right now, I wouldn't be able to tell them apart except just by the numbers. And all the other two, the Tennessee Martin and Tennessee Tech, neither of them made the tournament. Though I was actually hoping Tennessee Tech would make the tournament, but they lost on the last day to not even get the eight seed. And they had sort of been coming on lately and were a team that was a decent bet, you know, Mm -hmm. as an underdog, you know, getting a lot of points. So we were really um, screwed over by not getting them in the tournament. Instead, Moorhead Moorhead State is the eighth seed. And that team's atrocious. So... Um, even so it got even better essentially what I'm saying for Belmont right in that they avoided Tennessee Tech which was sort of the bottom half team that was getting a little hot and they avoid you know uh, Eastern Illinois which has gotten hot towards the end of the season Uh, talked about them in that they've won four straight they had had a weekend where they had two straight uh, underdog wins and then we challenged them to go on the road and win as a favorite and they did that twice so they'd won they've won four straight and they're a team that obviously literally nobody in the world is talking about um and jacksonville state is not as good as they were last year when they were sort of the third best team in this league they're in the same bracket with eastern illinois in fact that's the first round matchup and then austin p who i think is actually the second best team no Mm -hmm. offense to murray state who's the second seed i mean maybe some offense um but uh, you know i think austin p is the second best team they took down belmont earlier this year yeah exactly and so you know i'm looking at this going like man this belmont is getting away with one here again and so which is you know fine you know we can try to fade them in the in the finals but 
it's sort of like, well, who am I going to take into those finals? And any one of those teams could lose their first game or make it yeah. you know, the rest of the way there, right? And so that's what's really jamming up their sort of win probability, right? So Austin P, again, who I think is the second best team, has to play that extra game, right? Because they have to play that yeah. three versus either six or seven six, game. Seven, yeah. You know, and it's not the same situation with, you know, that some of these other leagues have where there's no days off in between any of these tournaments, right? Yeah, so if, that, yeah. yeah, so if you're playing your third straight game up against Belmont, like, that's not a, that's not an ideal circumstance, you know, whether you're, you know, uh, Austin P or if it'd be your fourth straight game, if you're Eastern Illinois or Jacksonville state. So, um, to start off, I'll be on Eastern Illinois again, just kind of riding that little bit of a hot streak that I think mm-hmm. they might be on. Um, they've got some, uh, confidence. Jacksonville state spent the entire year being three and a half point road favorites against basically the rest of the league and then not covering either winning games close or losing them outright. And which is why they are of course, you know, the seventh seed in the entire league. So I don't have any trust in them. So that's sort of a spot I have circled um, where Eastern Illinois will be a a bet for me uh, right there. And then as far as the other game, that five, eight, you know, I don't know what Tennessee state is going to be favored by, but I will be probably laying the points with Tennessee state and then sort of looking forward in the bracket uh, if Tennessee State can win that game, I would take them against Eastern Kentucky as well. Uh, and then if Austin P can face Murray State, I think we'll probably get an underdog price on that one too. So all that is to say is that I'm probably going to end up just on Belmont to win this tournament just because there kind of isn't a better option to knock them out before the final, right? And so anytime I'm trying to knock a team out, as you know this, you know, trying to knock a one seed out. It's like, I'd like a four or five, you know, that I at least think is kind of scary for them. Right. I'd like sort of the backup plan being that somebody else can take them out. And I just don't see that. Yeah. Uh, in the You'd Ohio love Murray final. state to face Eastern Kentucky in the final, you know? Yeah. You can see it happening. yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I wish, you know, if, yeah, like I said, if, yeah. yeah if, if, if Tennessee state or Eastern Illinois, the five or the six, um, I shouldn't say Tennessee State, I should say e, uh, just Eastern Illinois. If yeah. Eastern Illinois, for instance, was a 4-5 matchup, that might be something, you know, again, not that Belmont's mm-hmm. going to lose that game, but at least make them try. <laughs> make them well, it just, it just raises something. the Austin P stock, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it makes it easier for Austin P uh, to get through. So I fully expect maybe an Austin P Belmont final here and – you know, I just, uh, it's going to take more for Austin P to get into that final because they're going to have to, they're going to play an extra game, right? And they're going to have a real opponent in their semifinal. And then they're going to have to deal with Belmont. And I just think that's probably too much to overcome. And it's not like Belmont is this flash in the pan, one season wonder in that league. They're a, you know, they're a program, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm not going to do anything too spicy with regards to that. So, yeah, that's it for the, okay. uh, the four conference previews. Okay. How do you feel well, about your uh, your first your debut appearance on the window? You tell me, man. How how did how did it go for you? How did it feel? Well, you know what? Let's um, as far as you know, vocal content. It was great, but we're gonna have to get some better results than we did in the first. Yeah. Or yeah. the two of us are just completely getting rejected from. from you know what? Podcast. I'll be honest. That I had the scores in the background at some points, and I was totally getting my mind off because I'm like. Damn it, do we have that pick? <laughs> you know, yeah. I see the score just fading away. 
And so I just closed it. I just closed the live scores because I just, I can't watch. <laughs> right. Thank <laughs> the Lord Lipscomb won. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I was able to cash the, uh, I talked about a three team money line parlay uh, involving all of our picks there um, that I made and considering I'm pretty sure I lost every other game tonight. Not really, but it certainly feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, if Lipscomb blows this as, you know, cause I'd oh, Oakland had already cruised, um, and so did, uh, what was it? North Florida. Yeah. You know, so both those teams won and won easily. And so, you know, part of you goes, man, I wish I had just taken those, you know, against the spread. Um, but you know, the strategy was the strategy and I'm sitting there watching Lipscomb and fortunately, uh, they did pull it out and they didn't even cover either, which makes me feel good about that too, Absolutely. because at least it wasn't one of those deals where you should have just taken all the favorites minus the points. Who cares? Who cares about <laughs> giving points? Take them. You guys can have all the points. Sorry, North Florida, you took as part of your parlay? Yeah. Okay, because I took Jack. I mean, I took North Florida to win, but I actually yeah. t- took Jacksonville plus eight, and they covered. Okay, there you go. Look at everybody's a winner. Yeah, oh, yeah North because, Florida didn't even, uh, they didn't have no, a cover. No, they only won by three. Oh, holy cow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's okay, what, so, yeah, that was so one of my I, dark horse teams in that, in that okay. conference. It was, was literally a 12-point game with 145 left. And no. I just, and I just stopped paying attention. No, no, no. Three points. I know. Because I had the plus eight. It was 83-71 with two minutes to go. And then it was, what, 80, it was 85-73 with 145 left. Okay. So I was like, and I only needed them to win outright, right? So I'm like, yeah. okay, that's good, blah, blah, blah. They'll probably cover, yada, yada, yada. So yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's a nice little backdoor jobby for yeah. you. So that's good. That's, right. that's good stuff. Um, but yeah, in 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 the future, feel you know feel free to let us know when you're going to sort of slide in the uh, taking the points thing. Though we talked about this uh, earlier today off air that you were you were relatively high on this Jacksonville team. Exactly. So I understand why you took the uh, points in that one. Um, and yeah, you hit the uh, you hit the middle, so to speak. So that's, that's right. Good stuff. That's right. That's what we're here for. You know, they may not all be winners, but we'll stumble in. <laughs> we have a lot of non-winners that we could spend yeah, another yeah. hour or two talking about. So. Yeah, and if we're going to yeah. lose a bunch of games, let's do it now. Yeah, not, that's right. Not on the Friday before, you know, hey, before selection. Sunday. None of our champs are out yet. That's a win. No. On day true. one, we've lost zero that's, champs. <laughs> that's true. All one of them that played today. Hey, has, Liberty has, made it interesting. They only won yeah. by six, and I think it was that's, like a 16-point 16 point uh, favorites there so that's true that's true yeah i didn't pay any attention to that game because i wasn't willing to take the points. no no you probably would have sweat a little bit so i know i know especially with like their money line was literally minus 2000 i was like eh, yeah. <laughs> even on the slightest chance that they lose this game i'm not gonna add this to it all right so you're coming right. back uh later in the week yeah if you'll for... have me again i'll, I'll slide in oh of course for what the tournaments that start on Saturday? Is that what we plan to do? Uh, like you're, we're doing it Thursday, or is they start Friday? I've already I've already forgotten what the uh, what the yeah. setup is. I'll have uh, maybe some info about some American East, some Summit, right? You know oh, the Summit League. We'll chop it God up. Bless it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds All right, good, bro. man. Good I stuff. appreciate, man. Yeah, All good right, time. Brother. Thanks, we man. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Have a good night. Later, pal.